In that there is a sign. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, اِعْلَمُوا أَنَّ اللَّهَ يُحْيِي الْأَرْضَ بَعْدَ مَوْتِهَا That know well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will definitely, without a doubt, revive the land after it has died. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this concept throughout the Qur'an. Multiple times. Talking about the revival of dead land. And again and again and again, he mentions the same thing. And in multiple different ayat, you'll find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses us. And he says, وَكَذَلِكَ nushur." And in this way, you will also be resurrected. So the first lesson that we learn, the first lesson that we can take from the changing of the seasons, from the barren land outside that we are walking through every single day, is the fact that just like this land has died, so too we are also going to die. And just as the land is then revived, in the springtime, we see, mashallah, wonderful grass starts to grow again, beautiful flowers. In this manner, you and I are also going to be resurrected. What are we preparing for that particular day? What have we prepared and what do we have to present in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? This is a question that you and I have to constantly ask ourselves. This is the purpose of our lives. What have we prepared for that day? Just like outside right now, we will see a few animals, but there are a few animals that we will not see. Um, many of the squirrels are gone. You'll see many of the other, I guess, animals are not there. We learn in school, perhaps if a person goes out more and he spends more time outside, he'll notice this a lot more. Nowadays, we don't really spend much time outside. But many of those animals, in the wintertime, many of them, they hibernate. And what do they do before hibernation? They store as much food as they can, amass as much food as they can. For, a, for that time when they are then going to be woken up, or they're going to wake up, and they won't have access to food, because much of it won't necessarily be growing. So they have prepared for that day. Similarly, you and I have to amass as many good deeds as we can, for that day when we will no longer be able to amass anymore. As Rasulullah sallallahu he mentioned, إِذَا مَاتَ الْإِنسَانِ عَمَلُهُ إِلَّا مِنْ ثَلَاثٍ Any time a person passes away, then he no longer has the ability himself to do and secure any good deeds. He can do it through sadaqah jariyah and through other means, but he himself is no longer able to do that. So this is a reality that you and I have to worry about. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, Ya ayyuhal insan, ma gharraka bi rabbikal kareem. On the day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask every single individual, Ya ayyuhal insan, O mankind, ma gharraka bi rabbikal kareem. What caused you to go astray? What deceived you from this reality? And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions elsewhere in the Quran that Allah informed us what is going to lead us astray, what is going to deter us from this goal. From this reality, Allah says, "Fala taghurrannakum alhayatu dunya, wala yaghurrannakum billahi alghurur." That there are only two main things which are going to lead a person astray. Number one is the glitter and the glamour of this worldly life. When a person he gets caught up in this rat race, alhaqum al-takathur, Allah says, this amassing of wealth and making it a primary focus, such that everything else is neglected has led to your destruction. Before you realize it, you're going to end up in the grave. Yes, a person has to amass wealth. That's, in fact, in another hadith, Rasulullah he mentioned, For a person to earn a halal sustenance is actually a farad obligation after other farad obligations like salah, etc. So it is incumbent but there's a certain amount that's required for a family to live. And then over and above, beyond that, subhanAllah, we see so many different families, so many different individuals make it such a priority 
that everything else is neglected. That is inappropriate. And that is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about. When a person gets caught up in, in, in amassing more and more and more and he forgets about when he is going to be presented in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he forgets about securing something for that presentation, then that is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions. So like we make it a point to have in such education and to secure for ourselves worldly possessions, we should also make it a point to ensure that we take upon ourselves some sort of endeavor, some sort of pursuit to attain deen and knowledge about deen. And we should take it upon ourselves to have some sort of action that we can present in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every person is different. There are some people, subhanAllah, who they come to the, the Dar es Salaam and there are students and their, own, their parents only allow them to study here for one year. MashaAllah, they come with such sincerity. And some of them, uh, they sacrifice so much and they come here just to study. They leave everything aside. Some of them are medical students. Some of them are you know, students who just finished high school. Some of them, various different people. Some of them are working professionals. But they sacrifice a year of their lives to learn deen. And you have some students just finishing high school, they also come and they want, they have such a burning desire to learn ilm, such an inclination towards it. But unfortunately, many a times, um, one of the biggest um, difficulties that they are faced with, one of the biggest challenges is that they want to learn this ilm and they want to gain immense depth and knowledge. But at the same time, their parents want them to pursue a secular education because of which they won't necessarily be able to continue learning traditionally, setting aside individual time with focus. And a lot of times they lament at the end of the year, what are we going to do? We want to study, but we can't study. So then we have to tell them, we inform them, yes, of course, we would want as many students to study. This is a very noble cause. But a person's salvation, especially for many people here right now, there are um, not everyone has the ability and the opportunity to become an alim and to sacrifice this many years. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's completely fine. That's the way of life. In fact, um, he mentions you know, a lot of times, subhanAllah, a lot of times when I would come home from, when I would come from abroad, then there would be various different well-wishers, very close friends and uncles too that saw me grow up in front of their eyes. And they would tell me, Farhan, you have so much potential. You can do so much in your life. You just did this island course. Why don't you come back now? And you can become a wonderful doctor. You, beca you can become a wonderful engineer. You can become a wonderful you know, professional. You need to join between deen and dunya. And I would tell them, you know what, uncle? You're absolutely right. You're correct. Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted us the potential. Allah has granted us the ability. And, you know, a person should try his best, you know, to join between deen and dunya. But, uncle, unfortunately, I'm so weak. And so hard. But you know what? MashaAllah, you're a great professional. Why don't you come and I'll teach you deen? <laughs> I'll teach you, we can teach you, we have so many ulama here, and then you can join between deen and dunya. And some of them were like in their 30s, 35, 40, would tell me this. So then I would switch it around. But then all of a sudden, no, it's, you know, I can't. It's like, you know, I've already gotten so old, I'm already 30 years old, and it's like, oh, I'm only 22, it's fine. But then what happens? It's a, it's a different story. Right? And yes, there are some, mashallah, who have joined between both. We have many, um, many examples. But those examples are a select few individuals who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has definitely granted husnul tawfiq. But Mawlana Ashraf al-Tanwi, he mentioned on one occasion, someone also told him the same thing. And many of our seniors from, um, you know, many of our seniors were extraordinary. Mawlana Ashraf al-Tanwi himself authored over a thousand books in his life. Over a thousand works. And everyone testifies to his ability, mashallah. He was known as Hakim al-Ummah for various different reasons. He mentions that 
it's not practical for every individual to become an alim. It's not practical, it's not possible for every individual to, to sacrifice seven, eight, nine years of their life to focus solely on uh, Quran, Hadith, Fiqh, etc. and all the nuances and all the uh, details, etc. It's not possible and it's not, it's, it is possible, it is not practical. And no one is asking and that's not even necessarily matloob. It's not matloob. Many people would come to Mawlana Yunus Patel Sahib in South Africa, a very pious, uh, pious individual who passed away um, quite a few, a few years ago, plus minus like 2011, 2012, that's when he passed away. So people would bring their children to him and they would tell him, Mawlana Sahib, make dua my child becomes a great alim. Make dua my child becomes a good alim. So he would never make that dua. He would not make the dua. He would, he would tell them, I make dua that your son or your daughter becomes an Allah wala, meaning a close friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the purpose of, of this life. The purpose of ilm, the purpose of knowledge is to come closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So those students now who have to leave, who don't have the ability to study and sacrifice so many years, and their parents want them to do other things, we tell them, or at least I do, that Allah subhan- the purpose of life is not necessarily to become an alim. The purpose of life is to secure a connection with yourself and Allah. And the avenues of doing so are so many. And in fact, you will be able to assist and help the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in such ways and avenues by going to study in this field more so than perhaps many of us will be able to assist it. Yes, alhamdulillah, those who have done the alim course can teach, they can conduct lectures, they can conduct classes. But the ability and the reach that you would have as a professional, or as a doctor, or as a lawyer, or as an engineer, or the individuals that you could reach out to and the influence that you could make, provided you have the right outlook and the right perspective, is potentially far more than something that I could do. I, I don't necessarily want to men call out individuals but alhamdulillah we have Dr. Saab over here who's sitting here and, and if you look at many other institutions these institutions would not be here without the help and the assistance of such individuals right like Dr. Saab like all others who aided and assisted the institution if you look at other institutions like um, in Buffalo Dr. Ismail Mayman if you look at um, other in, in Michigan the Wahid brothers they have you have to have that. You have to have. In fact, Sheikh Awama Hafidullah, he mentions, he says, in order for a person to thrive in the deen, then you need three things. He said, you need, number one is, umuru nuh. You need to have the lifespan of Nuh, salam. If you really want to do something, you need to have a long life. Allah, may Allah put barakah in, in every aspect of our lives with, and grant us barakah, afiyah, long lives with barakah, afiyah, and khair, contentment and happiness. The second thing he says is, you also need, Sabru uh, Ayyub You need to have the patience of Ayyub And the last thing that he mentions This is a strange one He says you need to have Malu Qarun You need to have the wealth of Qarun Because if a person truly wants to aid and assist the deen If you look at the greatest of ulama of the past They had the largest of libraries We hear He passed away when he was 40 He only passed away He himself authored over 100 works and not a single person in this dunya, in this time and age, can become a specialist in the field of hadith without studying his work. Shaykh Awama Hafidullah, he says, if you look at his life, how did he gain so much knowledge? How did he contribute so much? It's because he had, he had aid and the assistance of the governor at the time, and he had access to, the, to whatever manuscripts he wanted, whatever library, everything was completely funded for him. That was necessary. Now when a person, the, so the maqsad, the purpose of life is not necessarily to become an alim and uh, the purpose of life is to come closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. With whatever situation and conditions Allah has granted a person, you make the most of it. So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted you the ability to go and study and pursue this particular type of education, then witness the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in whatever you're doing and contribute in whatever ability Allah and way Allah has granted you. There's one other student, subhanAllah, he, he came and he's, now he's studying, uh, he's in like his third, fourth year of medical school, he comes and he says, subhanAllah, every day when I'm studying and every day when I'm learning, 
And every different experience that we have, we just see every single day the, the greatness of Allah. There's one doctor in, in um, South Africa that I had the opportunity of doing itikaf with two times. Mashallah, every year he comes for itikaf. And he's the greatest ENT in the entire country of South Africa. And um, Dr. Feroz Isa, that's his name, if you want to research him. And he's done certain procedures that no one else in the entire world has done. Some of them are recorded online too. So he says, as a doctor myself, Farhan, I promise you, I see the greatness of Allah every single day. And this actually brings us to the second point. We shouldn't lose track. The first point is, when, we see, when we're walking outside, we see this land is dead. We are also going to die. We also have to prepare ourselves just like the land is going to be revived. We are also going to be revived. What do we have in the court? What do we have to prepare to present, sorry, in the court of Allah. So let us work towards that. In whatever way, shape, or form, that whatever conditions Allah has blessed you and I with, every person has been blessed with something different. But let us use whatever Allah has blessed us with to prepare something to present in the court of Allah. If it's someone who has to teach, teach. If it's through your wealth, teach through your wealth. If it's through guiding others, maybe, Maybe you don't have excessive wealth and you don't have knowledge either. But you have something Allah has blessed you with through which you can now attain proximity to Him, through which you can guide others. Maybe you can direct and be an influential personality that can help and direct others and facilitate uh, studying, facilitate ease for other individuals. Then that is your way to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is what you're presenting for the court, in the court of Allah. Whatever it may be, the second lesson that we learn is when you look outside, particularly at this time, I was just walking the other day to the masjid and I mentioned this in the khatira the other day, but as you're walking, especially keep, a, keep an eye out for today and especially those days when the temperature goes below freezing, you will still see that there are animals, right? In the same ayah, min kulli dabba. Allah says that we have scattered about various different animals and in, in viewing these animals and examining their lives, there are signs of the greatness of Allah. So I was walking here and then as we're walking, we see all these birds flying and it was so cold, so cold that if you take your car out of the garage, you drive to the masjid, one minute drive, you parked it outside, come perform Dhuhr Salah or Asr or whichever Salah it was a few days ago, and you go back outside and you try to open your door, it's like frozen. It's like so difficult to open. In a matter of seconds, it just froze. But yet, as you're walking, as you're driving, you see, subhanAllah, birds still flying around. Right? It's so, so strange. I remember on one occasion, a few weeks back, I was driving with my nana and my um, one uncle. In the city, and then I saw the birds, and I, like a kid, I asked, I said, Oh wow, there's so many birds, subhanAllah, lined up. And um, then it was after Fajr, maybe they're performing Fajr, Allah, doing dhikr of Allah. Allah mentions every single creation glorifies and praises Allah, even though you yourselves cannot understand the way that they glorify Allah. So then I asked, I said, um, It's so strange to see all these birds gathered together it's so cold outside so then the uncle said yeah they're here all the time I said don't they like um, migrate or something he said no they, they stay here throughout the year so then I asked another follow up question the answer which we all know I said that's so strange how do they survive how do they get their food the ground is so rock hard it, firstly it's covered with snow then it's freezing cold then the sn it's so cold outside that even the snow is becoming ice. How do they have food? How can they survive? How can they still fly about? We don't see when temperatures go below freezing, dead birds lying around. We don't see that. Because at the end of the day, this uncle smiling, he mentioned very, very uh, abruptly, he said, that's not our job. That's not our responsibility. Allah Ta'ala takes care of them. <laughs> Why are you even worrying about that? And that's the reality. Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala is the one who takes care of all the creation. There isn't a single creature in the world 
except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes care of its provisions, takes care of its sustenance. SubhanAllah, there was just recently someone asked a question a um, few weeks ago. I was e eating food at some relative, close friend's house, close, very close relative's house. And then they said, um, I just took a little bit of food. And then they're like, you have to eat more food, otherwise I'm going to forcibly put it in your plate. So then I w he was like, why don't you take more food? I told him, I'm trying to make amal on the one-third, one-third, one-third. I'm trying to, you know. And then he was like, no, 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 here you do the one-third, one-third elsewhere. Here you eat. <laughs> so, so I was like, okay. I took a little bit more. Then another cousin or uncle, he commented, a relative again. He was like, you know, this is why Mulvi Sabs are always seen to be bigger. Because everyone forces them to eat so much food. It's another relative. So then, um, then the discussion started. It was so ajib, so awkward. The discussion started going a lot amongst family members. And then one person is giving their opinion, another person is giving their opinion. Then someone is like, no, because they have a very sedentary life. You see, they're teaching and they're sitting and they don't have much time. And so then I remember this one Adam from the UK. I told them, you know what? Everything aside, let me give you the answer. Let me tell you why. So then uh, this one Adam, he, it's actually his answer. He said, one person he criticized like many one of my this you know the, uh and then he got very upset so he said let me tell you why let me tell you why allah ta'ala has made it such that all the movies in the world you know, all the ulama in the world you will see they have big stomachs i'll give you the reason why the reason why and he was so passionate when he was saying it, he was like quite upset the reason why is because what's the number one reason that people stay away from this why don't people send their children to study deen? Why don't people sacrifice the lives of their children to go and spend seven, eight years so that they can learn deen? Because they're worried about their rosy. They're worried about their sustenance. The number one question, how is my son going to provide for his family? How is he going to take care of them? Well, let me tell you this. Allah Ta'ala makes every single one of them big so that you can see that none of them are going to die because of not having food. None of them are going to die because they don't have enough sustenance. But rather they may die from obesity. <laughs> this is in tansurullah and surkum. You help and you assist and you, you aid the deen of Allah. You don't think Allah is going to help you. You don't think Allah is going to take care of you. This is the second lesson that we learn. That there isn't a single animal and creature in the world except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself will take care of them. This is something that we have to internalize. Rasulullah he If you truly had trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as you ought to place your trust in Allah, then He would provide for you as He provides for the birds. Every single day in the winter time, even more so we see. It's impossible logically what are the means of survival how are they surviving every morning they wake up they go with empty stomachs with and yet they're still able to secure full bellies subhanallah we alhamdulillah you all that are here today are mashallah mashallah allahumma barik may allah allahumma zid fazid you are the select servants of allah allahu yajtabi ilayhi man yasha wa yahdi ilayhi man yunib you didn't come here by choice, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala selected you. You are the, the close servants of Allah. Allah granted you tawfiq to come in the freezing cold for Fajr Salah. May Allah increase and protect you all. And may Allah grant consistency. But one thing we need to ask ourselves when we are coming for Salah, we have problems. Every one of us has problems. لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي كَبَدْ when we are coming to the salah, what are we thinking about with regards to who is going to solve our problems? Is our trust going first to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Are our hearts crying out to Allah ta'ala first? Or are we thinking, okay, this is how I'm going to solve the problem. This is who I'm going to approach. This is what I need to do. This is what I need to do. If I need this, then this is how I'm going to get this particular deal and then so on and so forth. To such an extent, unfortunately, unfortunately, 
some of us are praying salah. We're saying Allahu Akbar. Allah is the greatest. We are saying Allahu Akbar. What other state can a person be wherein he should be so much more closer to Allah when you are physically saying Allah is the greatest, yet when saying Allah is the greatest, we're still thinking someone else is going to solve our problems or something else is going to happen. When we're in the house of Allah, we're thinking someone else is... We are thinking about asking someone else when we should be asking from the host. So this is something that we need to think about. And this is the second lesson. That if you look at the animals around, look at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provides for them. And this is a comfort for the Muslim and only the Muslims can have this. No other nation will be able to have this sort of backing, this sort of support, mental support. Only a Muslim. Because only a Muslim knows that my Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to take care of it. My Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will sort it out. And this is such a lesson, subhanAllah, that if we do not internalize it, being the select choice servants of Allah, if you do not internalize this lesson, then Allah ta'ala, for His close servants, will bring about such conditions that you will be forced to internalize this. Our Shaykh subhanAllah, he mentions... He says that if you don't learn peacefully, then Allah sends such tests which you will learn forcefully. Because you are the close servants of Allah. And Rasulullah he mentions, الْجَزَاء The greater the difficulty, the greater the reward. When Allah really loves people, ibtalahum. He sends them tests. Because He wants your closeness, He wants your attention. Sometimes a person, he is blessed with wealth and he makes so much shukr. That's why the closest, easiest way to attain the great and the ma'rifah of Allah is through shukr. Any time a person is blessed with them, you make shukr, make shukr, make shukr. Say alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah at every given moment in life. Then every blessing that you're blessed with is actually bringing you closer to Allah. But there are times when we become immune to that. We, we become, uh, you know, we just... Ignore all of the blessings of Allah. But Allah wants your attention. Allah loves you. Allah loves when you call out to Him. That's why Rasulullah mentioned, Dua is the essence of ibadah. Because at that time, when you're making dua to Allah, you're effectively telling Allah, Ya Allah, I understand. Not a single person, not a single creation, nothing in this world can assist me except for you. You are proclaiming the oneness. That's dua mukhul ibadah. It's so beloved to Allah. That's why sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends tests so that you can call on to Him like you used to before. So this is such a test and such a lesson. Sorry, this is such a lesson that if we do not internalize ourselves, then by being the close servants of Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring about such conditions. May Allah protect every one of us that we will be forced to ponder about that lesson. But this is such a such a comfort that only a Muslim has that my Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take care of things but we ought to change our mindsets and call on to Allah first yes we have to adopt normal means of the dunya like in the hadith Rasulullah said the birds they actually go they go to secure their sustenance but the birds do they think oh this one is going to take care of it and this platter is going to be available for purchase and, and I can go over here and they don't think about it they just go they put in the effort so similarly, we have to put in the effort. But our reliance and trust is not in the efforts and the means. Allah, so our reliance and effort has to be musabbibul asbab, the one who provides the means. That, ya Allah, I'm doing this to show that this is something that I feel that I need in my life and this is my job. and my, this is, I, have to, I have to secure whatever I have to secure and do whatever I have to do. But at the end of the day, all of this is meaningless and only you can aid and assist me. When a person adopts this mindset and he goes to Allah first before means... It's just the mind and the heart. You reflect on the fact that Allah is going to provide, then you find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will definitely provide. That's the second lesson. And then the last lesson that we can learn, there's many, many, many more, but one third thing that came to my mind. So the first one was, we are all going to pass away and this world is so short-lived. We have to live in such a manner that we are pleasing Allah and secure for ourselves something that we can present in His court on that day. Number one. Number two is we ought to look at the animals around us 
and understand and, and develop this yaqeen, this conviction and this reliance in Allah that my Allah will take care of every problem and scenario and situation and our trust should only be in Allah, not in anything else. Number two. When we do that, then you'll find your life will also become much more easier. It'll, you will, a person will have much less stress. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the reality. And then the third thing that we can reflect on is the third lesson is when you, after the snow and everything will melt, after a few more months, when we enter into the season of spring, then you'll see now all of the plants and the trees will start to grow again. Beautiful, lush, green grass, and wonderful, beautiful flowers, and so on and so forth. Green, nice leaves. Um, but there, are a certain, there is one tree, one type of tree, or maybe it's not a tree, but there's one type of plant that will not grow. It won't grow again. And we're, we're not talking about the... We're talking about those plants that normally grow back every year. There's one type which will not grow. And as you're driving about, or as you're walking, you'll see... Once everything starts to grow again, there will be some trees or plants that have been dislodged from the ground and they're no longer connected to the soil. Those are the trees, those are the plants that should have grown back but did not because of the fact that they were no longer connected to the ground. So this is another lesson for us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, O you who believe, istajibu lillahi wa lirrasooli idha da'akum lima yuhikum. Comply, respond to the command of Allah and to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When they are inviting you towards such things that will revive you, every one of us goes through ups and we go through downs. And this is the system of life. And in fact, this is a bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon us. We find many individuals and students, we spend a lot of time with students and we like talk about the students. They come in the beginning with all their josh and let's say even us. The month of Ramadan comes, we're full of energy and we're ready to you know, do as much a'mal as we can. But we burn out very quickly. And we find that the same students, the same individuals in the beginning of the month of Ramadan or the beginning of the academic year, they're like, I had so much vigor, so much zeal, so much enthusiasm. I enjoyed all of my ibadah. But then what happens is, I just feel dead. I feel like there's no spark. I don't know what's happening. So then our teacher, he mentions these are two things. One is known as qabd and one is known as bast. When it comes to tazkiyah, it's mentioned there's two states that an that a individual goes through. Regardless of... One thing to look at is how are your other dealings? Are you protecting yourself from sin? If you're not protecting yourself from sin, then, then there is no one to blame except ourselves. Protecting ourselves from sin means that when we do commit a sin, because everyone will commit a sin, that if a person does not make tawbah and istighfar, then your heart is becoming worse and worse. If a person does, inevitably everyone, is, everyone will fall into sin from here and there, like from time to time. Kulu bani adma khattawan, Rasulullah mentioned this. But if a person makes tawbah and istighfar and he's conscious of his heart, then inshallah a person will still experience good times of bust like enjoyment but even if that is in place even if you are protecting yourself from sin you will still experience a state of qabd which is when a person feels like he is now burnt out doesn't feel the enjoyment in the dhikr doesn't feel the enjoyment in the in the tilawah the recitation of quran in the salah etc so then our teacher, he mentioned, this is actually a bounty from Allah. This is a bounty from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because imagine if a person were to eat biryani every single day, you would get sick and tired of it. You would no longer appreciate it. So he says that the downs are there in a person's life so that you appreciate the ups. So that when you experience this time of bust, you make so much shukr and appreciation to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you actually, Allah grants you time and again the ability to truly enjoy the worship. Otherwise, a time would come if you're just enjoying it, enjoying it, enjoying it, that it would just, you would just become immune to it. You wouldn't ever feel that experience again. But in order to continuously experience 
the bust, then a person has to remain connected. And this is the last lesson. Our connected in various different ways. Number one is connected to the masjid, connected to the environment, connected to the, the talks of deen, connected to the a'mal of deen. Number one. Comply to the commandments of Allah and Rasulullah At first we may feel sometimes it may be difficult But you and I know It's so difficult to come here for Fajr like, Everyone knows that But when you come for Fajr The feeling that you experience afterwards You can't even explain it The fulfillment, the happiness, the joy, the freshness this is the promise of Allah and promise of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. But this is something that it cannot be uh, experienced or ex- it cannot be explained unless experienced. You have to experience it yourself. So every action, every deed is like that. You can never experience the sweetness of it until you can't understand the sweetness of it until you experience it yourself. And that is by carrying out the commandments of Allah and Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. But there is a second thing also, and that is the environment that we, that, that is the friends that we keep, the company that we keep. And as there are many adults too, another advice Banu Yusuf Patil Sahib would give, Rahimahullah, um, he would say that if you want to protect your children in this day and age, because Alhamdulillah, to a large degree, the older you get, the easier it is to maintain your friend circle. Illa mashallah, there are times where it's difficult. There are some people that maybe you would, you, you are, situations are such that you have to spend time with them and maybe you, um, you know, you have to make the most of it, the best of it. But to a large degree, it's easier as a person gets older to, to you know, maintain who, is with, who they spend their time with. But as a child, child gets taken away very quickly. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, خُلِقَ الْإِنسَانُ ضَعِيفَ Mankind has been created so weak. How? Because we're so impressionable. It's so easily, we, we deter, we... We align with others so quickly. Rasulullah mentioned a person, he will only be as righteous and as pious as his friends are. So Malinus Patil Sahib he mentions, he says, if you want to protect your children in this day and age, then you have to take lesson from the chicken. The chicken. Take lesson from the chicken. Look at the chicken with its hands. How it always walks with them, covers them, protects them. Wherever they go, the chicken is always with them. Look at the ducklings, the chickens. As they're walking, anytime they're walking anywhere, then the mother is always by them, ensuring every single one of them walks across for us, always monitoring every movement of theirs until they grow up much, much older and they're able to fend for themselves. So similarly, until a child reaches that age where now he can, now you have the confidence that he can discern between right and wrong and he knows what's better for him. Whatever age that may be, for some it only may be in 19, 20, maybe 18, hopefully inshallah before that. But that if that is, if he mentions that is what it's going to take to protect a person and to protect one's children. And that a person watches them and he looks over them and monitors them just like the chicken. Subhanallah. Rasulullah sallallahu will end off with this hadith inshallah Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa he gives an example of good company and bad company Mathal al-jalees al-salih wal-jalees al-su he says the example of good company is like that of one who sells musk and this is a hadith many of us have heard multiple times Whether the, and Rasulullah sallallahu continues either you're going to benefit from him directly by purchasing some nice scent or you may go inside you may try on some perfume even though you don't buy it you know, if you're going to the uh, airport and you want to stop by duty-free or something, just try a few perfumes. At least you'll smell better, even if you don't buy anything. You'll smell better leaving than when you first entered. And then, even if you don't try any, anything, just going in, it's possible someone else may spray something or it's possible something else was sprayed before. And just by walking through, you are going to smell better or at least you'll benefit from the nice smell that's there before leaving. And then he says, so an example of bad company is like sahib al-kid, like the blacksmith. That if you enter, either your clothes are going to get burnt on accident, or some of the uh, soot may come onto your clothes, or at the bare minimum, just by walking inside, the smoke will come onto your clothing. And an example of this is like when a person goes to a barbecue. We don't, how many people go visit blacksmiths in this day and age? But you'll go to a barbecue. You may not even be the 
cook. You won't even be, uh, you know, cooking or barbecuing. You may be sitting at the bench far away from the grill. But whenever you leave and you go somewhere else, maybe you come for salah or something, then your friends, hey, you smell like, smell like you've been at a barbecue. Be- without even realizing. You may have thought, I thought I, protect- I thought I was way away. How is it such, you can even smell it? You realize? And subhanAllah, Imam Ghazali, rahimahullah, he mentions, ponder about the fact that Rasulullah sallallahu gave this example using a scent. Because scent is such a thing which cannot be seen. And the reason that he mentioned this is because you have those few who will think, no, this, these people, they're okay. I spend time with them. Yeah, I know what's right. I know what's wrong. And they're not necessarily going to, uh, you know, harm me. I know my boundaries and my morals, my principles. I have everything is set. They may feel that the harm is not there. They may feel that, no, you know, I'm different. But whether you see the effects transpiring in your life or not, know that the effect is definitely there. That is why Rasulullah used the scent. Because scent is something that no one can see. But it is still there. So these are three lessons that we see from the nature around us. The first one being that we have to prepare ourselves for this presentation in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let us never lose sight of this. This is why we are here. This is why we are living. And we are going to go back to present ourselves in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Secondly, let us adopt such yaqeen, conviction, and reliance in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, such that we always place our trust in Him and such that our minds and hearts always go to Him. This is something that we have to uh, just work on. It's just a mental exercise. When you ca- you'll slip up, I slip up, everyone slips up. You'll think already in your mind, it'll already st- it'll st- it's so fast, you'll start thinking about who else is going to help you or what are you going to do. At that time, you have to think, no, 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 my Allah is going to help me. So then you, first you make dua. Then you adopt the means. First you make dua, then you adopt the means. You constantly do this again and again and again. Then inshallah, a time will come where we are only going to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and our reliance is truly in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the second lesson. And the third lesson is let us do our best to inshallah maintain our, our a'mal, our connection to the masjid, and let us also examine our friend circles and the company that we keep and that our children keep. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the ability to internalize all of these lessons and act accordingly. Inshallah, we can, um, we'll make some dhikr and then uh, afterwards, inshallah, we can do sadr ishraq and then we can go for the breakfast. Inshallah. Inshallah, when taking the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then especially when making the dhikr of Nafi Ithbat, La ilaha illallah, then a person should reflect on number one, La ilaha, that there is no one worthy of worship, no one that can help me, no one that can assist me, nothing, what, no one can help me and aid me in any aspect in my life except for Allah. And at the same time, imagine as though you are emptying out your heart from everything besides Allah. Everything else is going except for Allah. Then when you say illallah, then you reflect as though only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who can help. Only Allah is an assistant. Allah is the only one in our hearts. Before starting, we'll first recite Surah Ikhlas 12 times with the intention of sending Isar al-Thawab to all of those who have passed away uh, and to uh, all, those, all the believers who have passed away.
Rasulullah SAW mentioned in a hadith that Suratul uh, Ikhlas Ta'adilu Thuluth Al-Quran is equivalent to one third of the Quran. So inshallah it's as though a person has sent four Qurans, khatams of Quran and secured that for themselves as well as inshallah for the others. Then secondly, let us inshallah make istighfar repent for all of our major and minor sins by saying Astaghfirullah 11 times. Then let us, with the intention of attaining spiritual sustenance, take the name of Allah, Ya Basitu, 11 times. The du'as of dhikr, Allahumma iftah, aqfala qulubina, bidhikrik, wa atmim, alayna, ni'matak, وأسبغ علينا من فضلك وجعلنا من عبادك الصالحين اللهم افتح مسامع قلوبنا بذكرك وارزقنا طاعتك وطاعة رسولك وعملا بكتابك اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم طهر قلبي عن عن غيرك ونور قلبي بنور معرفتك أبدا يا الله يا الله يا الله قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أفضل الذكر لا إله إلا الله 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 
محمد الرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا إله إلا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا إله إلا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا إله إلا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم
Alhamdulillah bi ni'mati tatimma salihat Allahumma lakal hamdu kulluhu wa lakal shukru kulluhu la nuhsi thanaan alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik Allahumma lakal hamdu kama yanbaghi li jalali wajhik wa li azimi sultanik la nuhsi thanaan alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik jalla wajhuk wa azza jahuk laysa kamithlihi shay wa huwa samiyu albasiru alhayyu alqayyum Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barik ala sayyidina Muhammad kullama dhakarahu al-dhakirun wa salli wa sallim wa barik ala sayyidina Muhammad kullama ghafala an dhikrihi al-ghafirun Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barik ala sayyidina Muhammad لي كمال نهايه لكمالك وعدد كماله اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد صلاه ترضيك وترضيه وترضى بها عنا يا ارحم الراحمين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد في الاولين وصلي وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد في الاخرين وصلي وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد في الملاي الاعلى الى يوم الدين ربي صل وسلم دائما ابدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد مفتاح خزا إني رحمتك اللهم افتح لنا بسيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ما أغلق علينا من خير الدنيا والآخرة اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد عبدك ورسولك النبي الأمي وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا 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 ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الله الأعز الأكرم اللهم اغفر لنا ذنوبنا ثقها وجلها سرها وعلانيتها ما قدمنا وما أخرنا ما أسررنا وما أعلنا وما كنت أعلم به منا أنت المؤخر وأنت المقدم وأنت على كل شيء قدير يا أرحم الراحمين ويا أكرم الأكرمين يا الله we have sinned يا الله we have done so many different sins in our lives يا الله يا الله we are here making tawbah and istighfar and repenting for every single thing that we have done اللهم لا تردنا خائبين يا الله do not return us unanswered يا الله يا الله accept our duas and accept our tawbah Accept our repentance, Ya Arhamar Rahimin, Ya Akram Al Akramin. O Allah, have mercy on the Ummah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. O Allah, forgive the Ummah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. O Allah, O Allah, make it easy for the Ummah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. O Allah, help our brothers and our sisters that are suffering throughout the world, Ya Allah, especially those that are going through severe persecution in Palestine, Ya Allah, those that are going through severe difficulty, Ya Allah, throughout the world, Ya Allah, whether that be in China, whether that be in Syria, whether that be in, wherever it is, Ya Arhamar Rahimin, Ya Allah, they are our brothers and our sisters and our deen. Ya Arhamar Rahimin wa Akram al-Akramin. Ya Allah, make it easy for them. Ya Allah, make it easy for them. Ya Allah, cure all of those who are ill and sick throughout the world. Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Ya Allah, one of our beloved staff members is also going through difficulty and sickness and illness. Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Ya Allah, please cure him. Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Ya Allah, protect him. Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Allahumma rabban nas adhim al-ba's ishfi anta shafi la shifa'a illa shifa'uk shifa'an la yugadiru saqama. Oh Allah, all the brothers and the sisters in the community, Ya Allah, in our families and throughout the world that are going through difficulty, that are going through illnesses. Ya Allah, grant them, grant them shifa, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Ya Allah, cure them, grant them a speedy, swift recovery, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Such a recovery that does not leave any trace of any illness, Ya Arhamar Rahimin, but rather strength results in their strength, Ya Arhamar Rahimin, afterwards, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Oh Allah, oh Allah, please grant us the reality of what was mentioned today, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Grant us some sort of accepted amal, Ya Arhamar Rahimin, that we can present in your court, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Ya Allah, grant us all sincerity and acceptance, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Ya Allah, grant us the right priorities, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Ya Allah, grant us that comfort system. Grant us such yaqeen and conviction, Ya Arhamar Rahimin, that we understand truly, truly, truly that you are the only one that can help us and that can assist us and that our minds and our hearts truly only going to you first, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. And truly, actually, only going to you, Ya being the musabib al-asbab. Ya Allah, grant us also husnul tawfiq to take whatever necessary requirements to secure for ourselves a praiseworthy life in this dunya and also in the hereafter, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Praiseworthy in your court, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Ya Allah, protect us, grant us istiqama and consistency in all of our good deeds, Ya Arhamar Rahimin, in all good things. Ya Allah, increase us in the amount of good deeds that we are doing. Ya Allah, increase us in our sustenance, increase us in barakah and rizq, Ya Arhamar Rahimin, and afiyah, happiness and contentment. Ya Allah, protect all of us from all types of calamities and all types of difficulties. Ya Allah, do not test us in any form. Ya Allah, if you choose to test us, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. If it is inevitable that you that we will be tested, Ya Arhamar Rahimin, then Ya Allah, grant us the test of shukr and do not grant us the test of sabr. And if you do test us, Ya Allah, make us successful in all of those tests and all of those and the trials, Ya Arhamar Rahimin, Ya Akram al Akramin. Ya Allah, make us amongst your select choice servants, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Grant us companionship of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, make the best day of our 
lives, the day that we pass away, Ya Rahman Rahimin. The best day of our lives, that the day that we meet you, Ya Rahman Rahimin. Ya Allah, administer all the jannah for those who are hisab, Ya Rahman Rahimin. Ya Allah, all those who have passed away, Ya Rahman Rahimin, fill their covers with nur, Ya Rahman Rahimin. Ya Allah, open up the windows to jannah, Ya Rahman Rahimin. Ya Allah, make the hisab and the kitab extremely easy for all all of us, Ya Allah. In in actual fact, Ya Rahman Rahimin, allow us admittance into jannah without any hisab, Ya Rahman Rahimin. Make us amongst those select servants that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam has praised and has mentioned, Ya Rahman Rahimin. Ya Allah, allow us to live such lives wherein you and Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam are happy and pleased, Ya Rahman Rahimin. Allow us to allow us to be such servants, Ya Rahman Rahimin, that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is proud of us on the day of judgment, Ya Allah. That Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is yearning and willing to, to grant us from Hawdi Kothar, Ya Rahman Rahimin, Wa Akram al Akramin. Ya Allah, protect us from living such lives where we can anger you and we anger Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. يا الله اللهم إنا نسألك علما نافعا ورزقا طيبا وعملا متقبلا اللهم إنا نسألك من كل خير أحاط به علمك في الدنيا والآخرة ونعوذ بك من كل شر أحاط به علمك في الدنيا والآخرة ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما يا الله all those people who are finding difficulty يا الله in finding a spouse يا الله you are aware of them يا أرحم الراحمين every single one of them يا الله grant them the best of spouses in this world and hereafter يا أرحم الراحمين grant them the best of spouses that will be the, a great means of aid and assistance to them in this world and also in the hereafter, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Oh Allah, all of those individuals who are married, Ya Arhamar Rahimin, grant them blissful, happy marriages, Ya Arhamar Rahimin, with content and happiness, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Ya Allah, all of those individuals who are trying to have children and are not able to have children, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, bless them with wonderful children, healthy children that will be the best investment for their hereafter, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Ya Allah, grant them pious, righteous children, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Ya Allah, all of those individuals who have children, Ya Arhamar Rahimin, make it easy for them to grant them a wonderful upbringing, to care for them, Ya Arhamar Rahimin, and to secure for them, themselves a wonderful investment in the hereafter. Allah, oh Ya Allah, whatever du'as that we made, Ya Allah, please accept them, Ya Rahman Rahimin. Ya Allah, whatever du'as that we forgot to make, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, also accept them. Ya Allah, forgive our parents, Ya Allah, have mercy upon our parents, Ya Rahman Rahimin. Our teachers, Ya Rahman Rahimin. Ya Allah, all of our various different students, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, bless them with afiyah, barakah, rizq, and increase them in their knowledge, Ya Rahman Rahimin, in their ikhlas, in their sincerity, in their actions, Ya Rahman Rahimin. Ya Allah, make every single individual who is attached to Dar Salaam in any way, shape, or form, Ya Rahman Rahimin, allow them to have uh, an imaginal means of Sadaqa Jariya, Ya Rahman Rahimin. Secure this means of Sadaqa Jariya for them, Ya Rahman Rahimin, till the end of time. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, make it such that every single teacher, every single patron has the best of investments, Ya Rahman Rahimin, for their hereafter. Ya Allah, keep us all on the right path, Ya Rahman Rahimin. Tawafana Muslimin, Alhikna Bissalihin. Allahumma inna nasaluka min kulli khayri ma sa'alaka min nabiyukum Muhammadun sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa na'udhu bika min kulli shadri ma sa'alaka min nabiyukum Muhammadun sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa antal musta'an wa alayka al-balaag wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-aliyin al-azim. Jazallahu anna nabiyyana Muhammadun sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa jal anbiya kullahum khayra. Wa salamun alam wa salin. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Ameen. Bi